News Talk On Demand. Interruption free audio where you want it, when you want it. I'm John Gormley. Good to have you here. Thanks for checking in. Uh, a book crossed my desk a few weeks ago now, and I knew it was coming because there were a series of articles uh, written over uh, recent years by the Frontier Center for Public Policy drilling down on certain parts of the Grant Devine legacy. Grant Devine led the uh, first conservative government, or certainly first since the uh, Depression-era coalition of J.T.M. Anderson back in 1929. Uh, the Progressive Conservatives, 1982, Grant Devine becomes the premier, uh, replaces a longtime NDP government, and in the largest sweep in Saskatchewan political history, runs the table in 1982. A short number of years later in the 1986 campaign, he is re-elected, but the NDP actually gets more votes and wins the popular vote. So, even in four short years, the divine government had watched the NDP resurge. And then by 1991, Grant Devine is resoundingly defeated at the polls. The NDP return and govern uninterrupted until Brad Wall ends their term in 2007. So the new book that is now out from the Frontier Center for Public Policy is called So Much More We Can Be, Saskatchewan's Paradigm Shift and the Final chapter on the divine government, 82 to 91. Now, for a lot of us in the age of those who remember the divine years and politics, and even those of you too young to remember, when you say grant divine government, you remember how it ended. The largest political scandal in Saskatchewan history, 13 MLAs charged, though not all were convicted, two caucus employees charged and convicted, involving an expense account fraud. But this book goes far further on how the divine government ended. It analyzes and drills down on, as it refers to, the paradigm shift. Co-authored by some names you will know well, writers Ed Willett, Joe Rolko, and Gerard Lucician, Saskatchewan guy originally, who is vice president of research at the Frontier Center for Public Policy, and he came in our studio this morning. Good to have you here. Well, thank you very much, John. It's great to be here. It's nice to actually put a face to your voice. I've interviewed you over the years and never True. had the chance. Yep. So, and sure. Why this book, this many years after the divine government? Well, this book uh, actually originated probably about five or seven years ago, and um, and it's taken a couple of turns over over the years, and so that's why we've got you know three authors contributing it to it. And um, But I think right now it's a great time, especially with the current political climate, what we're seeing federally, what we've seen provincially across the prairies for sure. And uh, the thing about this book I think that most readers will take away from was, you know, the, the shortchanging, if you will, of the story uh, of the Grant Divine Government, in particular the impact it had on Saskatchewan uh, in terms of, you know, its paradigm shift from where it was uh, to where it is today. The, the NDP, and, and I guess the, you know, the political class, not the policy class, but the political class, have always seen this, uh, and it's, you know, in terms of words like failure, boondoggle, horror story. Uh, I mean, the NDP campaigned against Grant Devine every election up until 2011. I mean, they finally stopped in 2016, but, uh, you know, the, the name even Grant Devine became kind of a touchstone for the political left. Why is that? Absolutely. And, and you know, it, and that's what's the interesting thing about this book. As I tour around and, and as I talk to more and more people in Saskatchewan, uh, 
it's interesting because you can talk to people that didn't even live here during the time and you mention the Grand Divine Government and you'll either be met with animosity and, and basically what they remember or what they're told, the history of it, was the scandal or others who know that there's a much larger story. So, uh, you know, it's fascinating to see after this many years uh, such a um, uh, public, you know, propaganda, if you will, in, in around that government has linked and has painted that, that government. In your mind, you analyze things like the ag economy at the time and over those nine years, uh, finance, tax policy, First Nations, mega projects, resources, uh, the whole privatization initiative, uh, reforming the public service. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff in this book. Is there one thing that as you researched and wrote this book, you thought this doesn't get enough reflection and conversation? Well, certainly, like, <clears throat> as, as I did the research and, and the other authors did the research, we, you know, we went into each one of these stories, uh, you know, in particular what was accomplished versus what the mistakes were. And so we started off the book by analyzing those mistakes. What is the mistake? How big was the mistake, et cetera? And, you know, by, as we go through the, uh, the research, as we go through the book, uh, in the end, it's amazing the amount of accomplishments that were uh, were, were achieved by this government, which were completely in his in history, overwritten over over the expense scandal, and so so things like like would it be the privatization? I mean, the Saskatchewan was a very government intensive economy. I mean, the government actually expropriated or threatened to expropriate private potash companies, uh, made them run away, started a government crown corporation called Potash Corp. That was spun off and privatized by the divine government. Uh, the government had uh, Saskatchewan Mining and Development Corp that had an automatic right. Uh, and you pointed out, and I didn't know that. It, the government of Saskatchewan had a right to share in your oil play or your mining play? That's correct. Yeah. You had to cut the government in? That's correct, yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, so basically, I mean, one of the, the, the overall arching story that I discovered as I went through the research was, was truly this sort of, uh, battle, if you will, between socialism and capitalism and the free market uh, versus uh, crown corpse. And, and Saskatchewan, you know, it has grown up uh, throughout the history and, and the crown corpse have played a major role in the development of the province. And so when you had uh, the divine government come in, it turned it on its head because it pushed it out of that realm of government uh, control in, in, in society uh, versus uh, privatization. And so, you know, there, there are many projects that were, were, uh, were sent through privatization. And in around that time frame, in the 80s, you have to, again, you have to think about what was going on around the world at that time. And so you had Thatcherism, you had Reaganism, uh, and they were all making a push uh, down the Hayek uh, road to privatization away from this sort of uh, uh, march into uh, socialism. And so, you know, a lot of these things people said at the time, and when you read the, the historical records of the newspapers, etc., complained about it. But when you look 2020 vision backwards, they're success stories. Uh, so as far, Farco, by, I mean, we did a separate piece on that, but that's, that basically just the profits alone to the Saskatchewan people, basically wipe out sort of any mistakes, if you will, uh, that the divine government... Uh, now, Sasvarko, was the fertilizer project. That was a big fertilizer project, yeah. Okay, so what happened there? So basically, Sasvarko uh, started, and uh, as they they went, the whole premise was to 
build Saskatchewan solutions. And so as the government, the divine government, started to partner with uh, different uh, private sector companies, uh, they would build these sort of projects. And, and, and one of them was the Sasfarco uh, project. As Sasfarco got larger, it became a, a leader in, uh, in phosphate and uh, in fertilizer. And eventually, selling out to Yara, which the sale proceeds uh, again were were in the billions. And so, at the end of the the day, if you will, when you reflect on all the projects and accomplishments of the divine government, the the successes, if you will, for the Saskatchewan people are in the billions. Whereas history is hyper focused on. You know the mistakes, the scandal, or the, the scandal. Yeah, and even the even the mistakes are kind of very interesting stories. Like uh, there's one in there about GigaTech, uh, techs rather, and um, you know that's I felt that was kind of fascinating because even today, you know, as I travel around different parts of the world, uh, we use our cell phones to communicate with other people for translation services, and that technology was. Part of GigaTech. So, yeah. so I remember yeah. that scandal. You know, and again, it was uh, translation software they they partnered with. It was a French guy, wasn't it? Or something? Yeah, guy Montepetit. Yeah. yeah. Now, what was the loss there? So I remember the uh, time it was huge. It, like this. No, it was. Big it was. And it wasn't it was a big in, loss. Yeah. I mean, three million. I think yeah, it was. Like statistically, the end, yeah. now we look back on it. But I remember even as a young person at the time thinking, "Oh my God, there's another boondoggle." And, yeah. Um, so not all this stuff worked, but you know, you talk about like uh, the privatizations. You know, so Potash Corp which kept the name but became a publicly traded company, now as part of Nutrien. Um, even this, you know, Saskatchewan Mining and Development that had an automatic legal right to take a chunk of your oil play, take a chunk of your mine, that, that was the Saskatchewan government policy. So Divine takes that, merges with Eldorado Nuclear, all of a sudden Cameco's born. Absolutely. And if you look at the development of these world-class companies, that all started as part of that economic policy. Absolutely. And so, as I said, what's interesting about the book is, as, you know, uh, people of Saskatchewan read it, you know, they'll recall or they will now see these companies that are currently in Saskatchewan booming, bringing prosperity to Saskatchewan, and you trace the history of those, and, and that's where we see this paradigm shift uh, back uh, during the divine era. So That's the subtitle of the new book. Uh, we're with Gerard Lucician, who is Vice President of Research with the Frontier Centre of Public Policy, and they published this book called So Much More We Can Be, subtitled Saskatchewan's Paradigm Shift and the Final Chapter of the Divine Government, 1982 to 1991. We'll return with a look at some of the other things that this many decades later you take for granted in Saskatchewan that began back in those years in the 80s. I'm John Gormley. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm John Gormley, Gerard Lucician, uh, one of the co-authors of uh, a new book out from the Frontier Centre of Public Policy where he is the uh, Vice President of Research. So much more we can be, subtitled Saskatchewan's Paradigm Shift and the Final Chapter of the Divine Government 1982 to 91. You make the point, and God, I'd forgotten it. You know, we had a national recession, 82-83. We had a national recession in 91 the year Divine was elected, the year Divine was defeated, and then in the middle of it all we had this Saskatchewan drought-driven recession, 87-88, where we didn't have a crop. So would that be kind of a record, having three recessions in one nine-year governing phase? Yeah, basically, I mean, what the research uh, showed was that, you know, Divine, out of all the premiers, uh, you know, going back to the 40s and going forward, he's the only one that had to contend with sort of three 
recessions under his regime. Now, officially two, but I mean we were slide or Saskatchewan was sliding into that third recession as he uh, as he vacated office uh, in '91. But but you know, growing up in that era, you know things like Black Monday, uh, you know those are things. That, yeah. yeah, like those are the things that are huge at the time, and so governing at that time. Uh, and and in that inv in those environments uh, would be extremely challenging for regardless of what your political uh, uh, slant is. Large deficit, though. Even some of us who were hawks, uh, notwithstanding the difficult times, and the Ag one eighty seven eighty eight was the real big one here. He still had a deficit over a billion dollars, which again in you know late eighties, early nineties, it was a lot of money. So, what as a policy prescription? You look at life before the divine government, life after the government, but in that time, uh, were there other things they could have done from a public policy perspective more effectively? Well, I think I think basically the divine government got in. Uh, they had plans to to liberate the markets, to uh, sell off the crown corporations, uh, so, sort of push away from that road to serfdom uh, that Hayek talks about with government control. And um, as they did that, you know, they were they were hammered with uh, with these economic realities from outside of Saskatchewan that they they had to contend with. And that being said, now all of a sudden you lose your tax base. So it's happened, you know, to many governments uh, recently, where you know you're anticipating so much revenue is coming in, and so you make your policy based on that, and and you forge ahead. Uh, and in in the divine era, that's exactly what happened. They forged ahead, and the result was more spending than than revenues. Uh, whether or not uh, whether or not that was prudent at the time, uh, that's depends on who you ask. The good divine government thought uh, that, you know, it's a short-term thing and, and those recessions were short-term and that they would actually grow out of, uh, out of the deficit. And if you look in the 90s, that's exactly what happened. So it was more of a timing issue, uh, I think, than a, a poor policy issue. And, and, and again, going back to politics, capital P, the tough decisions in the 90s to shed that 80s debt in this province was another party. So That's the right. NDP uh, were saddled with this, and in many respects that became part of the political narrative that they had to close hospitals and do things because of Grand Divine. Well, exactly, and, and, but it's interesting because when you look at the GDP numbers uh, and, and the, the commodity prices of the 90s, uh, as they were all in the positive. Like they, were, they were moving upwards, so, so we often joke that it's, it's pretty easy to govern when you're in surplus. It's very difficult to govern when you're in, in, in a deficit or in a recession, rather. Was this a turning point? Some of these measures, uh, less government in the economy, uh, more uh, external investment from abroad, did those things in the 80s stick? I believe so. I mean, I think what we see now is a change in the culture in Saskatchewan, uh, moving away from you know government involvement, government intrusion, uh, government control, uh, to a, uh, a society or, or a province that is is more interested in innovation. Uh, right now, you know, Saskatchewan's one of the leader in egg bio. Uh, they're still a leader in agricultural uh, technology, and so again, I believe that this uh, has shown uh, you know in the divine era. That's where it starts from. I mean, as we push and, and the young grow up and they adopt this new um, sort of outlook, um, yeah, I think it is different. This book, the response you get, and you mentioned earlier, there tends to be a polarity. 
Is that really what the effect of this book is going to be when people see this thing and buy it? No, I think I think uh, we, we structured the book, you know, deliberately to talk about the mistakes, what people are most familiar with, what a reader would be most familiar with, and whether you agreed with the mistakes or you disagreed or, you know, that's what you know or what you don't know. I think by the time we finish the book, in particular as you get down to the, the say, the proof in the pudding, uh, you'll see the Grand Divine Government as a different sort of time. Uh, it doesn't excuse the, you know, the, the scandal part, but as as we all know, uh, Divine himself was not implicated in that no. scandal, and those that were uh, that were in the criminal uh, end of it, I mean, they they went to jail, they paid the price. Uh, but again, I think one has to read the book with an open mind, and then take a look around Saskatchewan and see, you know, the prosperity since that time, and um, certainly the history. What we tried to do in this book is show pre-Divine divine era and post-divine and by by uh, analyzing those three areas side by side it certainly tells the story of what really happened Gerard Lecician, Vice President of Research at the Frontier Center for Public Policy uh, the think tank that has uh, published this brand new book called So Much More We Can Be subtitled Saskatchewan's Paradigm Shift in the final chapter on the Divine Government 1982-91 to 91. where can people get the book? Uh, so you can get it from our website so right now uh, Frontier is distributing it so it's uh, fcpp.org and then just go to publications and under new books and you'll find all the you'll find that book and all the other books that we've published lately fcpp.org. Great to finally meeting you. Nice chat. Thanks for taking Great. the time. Thank you very much. Gerard Lecician from Calgary joining us in studio this morning. I'm John Gormley. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.